Hello Gospel for Grampian Youth. Welcome to Yellow On Air. It is Sunday 11th February and we're excited to come to you with episode 16. We are going to be talking about addressing the spirit of fear. Fear torments and it is so important for us to address that spirit because you are dealing with a spirit. You are dealing with a force and if you don't deal with that spirit then you are going to be tormented for the rest of your life. And so as we begin our year in this February month, we want to address the spirit of fear. We need to face those giants and we need to slay those giants of fear. If you don't slay those giants, those giants are going to slay you and you are going to be tormented for the rest of your life and have a short life. The Bible says in Proverbs 9 that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One his understanding. And it also goes further on to say that those who are foolish end up becoming mockers and they end up having a short life. The fear of God causes us to walk in the wisdom of God. And the fear of God is not fear as in torment, but it is respect for God. When you respect God, you operate in his wisdom and his wisdom helps you to rise above the circumstances. This, the world that we are living in is ruled by the forces of darkness and that forces rules with fear and hatred. The kingdom of the devil is ruled by fear and hatred. So whenever you are experiencing manipulation, intimidation, deception, lying, etc., it is the devil trying to come and torment you and to wipe you out. And if you don't operate in reverential respect for God and his word, then you have got no weapon to overcome the torment that fear presents. Fear is a spirit. It is an assignment demon by the devil to wipe you out. And so how you overcome the spirit of fear is by walking in the wisdom of God. And that wisdom is understanding what the word of God says about God. Because when you know God, you know yourself. And when you know yourself, you can do great exploits. Remember what we spoke about last week, the book of Daniel. Daniel said, those who know their God will do great exploits. Remember when Daniel and his friends were being trained in Babylon, their competitors were the Chaldeans. And the Bible says the Chaldeans were a strong nation. If Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not operate in the wisdom of God, they, will be, they would have been intimidated and manipulated and afraid and tormented by the Chaldeans. Whenever the Chaldeans tried to intimidate and manipulate them, they stood strong, bold, and courageous and did great exploits because they operated in the love of God, in the wisdom of God. That is why the Bible says that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. These three Hebrew boys respected God to the point that they did not bow down to idol worship. They did not bow down to the rules of the kingdom of Babylon. The Babylonian kingdom said, do not pray to any other God for a month, but to the king. And Daniel submitted to God's word. And when the enemy tried to intimidate him and put him in the lion's den, what did he do? He went there knowing that God will protect him because he operated in the wisdom of God. That is, he cannot bow down 
to any other God. He cannot not pray to God. He cannot, uh, he cannot pray to the king. He has to pray to God. When he submitted to the wisdom of God and the ways of God, even when he was put into the lion's den, he was not tormented because he was not a fear, a, in fear. A person that is in fear will be tormented in the lion's den. A person that is in fear will be tormented when they put in the fire. But because the, the, Daniel's friends had the wisdom of God submitted to not bowing down to idol worship, because Nebuchadnezzar had said to them, you need to, everybody needs to bow down to the idol that Nebuchadnezzar had built of himself. He built a statue of himself and he said to everybody, you all, everybody in the kingdom needs to bow down at him at a certain time. And the Hebrew boys knew that they cannot submit to that ruling because the Bible says thou shalt not worship idols. Thou shalt not bow down to any other God but the living God. And so they submitted to God's word and said they reject uh, submitting to that request. And the result there was Nebuchadnezzar said, you're going to have to go in the fire. They were not tormented by fear when they had to go in the fire. They went boldly, wisely, courageously, and strong into the fire because they obeyed the instructions of God. That is what the fear of the Lord does. We respect God so much that we obey his rules. And therefore, we operate in the wisdom of God that even if the devil uh, uh, uses fear, in our places of influence to manipulate us, we will still submit to the laws of God because God's laws protect us. God's laws protected them in the fire. God's laws protected Daniel when he went into the lion's den. God's laws protected Peter and his friend when they were in prison. They were accused falsely and imprisoned for speaking about Jesus. And what happened? They were imprisoned. But what happened at midnight? God sent his angels to release Peter and his friend from prison. That is what happens when we operate in the wisdom of God. Fear does not affect us because the wisdom of God keeps us safe and protects us. A person that doesn't operate in the fear of the Lord submits to the torment of the enemy. Therefore, when they put in the fire, they are going to be devoured. When they are put in the lion's den, they are going to be devoured. When they are put in prison, they are going to become a victim of their prison life. I'm thinking about Gospel for Grandpin Youth. When the Israelites were in the wilderness, God said to send out 12 spies to go and spy out the promised land that was going to be the land that Israel was going to inhabit. And of the 12 spies, 10 spies came back and gave a bad report because they had fear. They still had the fear of prison, uh, of victimization. They still had that slavery mentality. So when they went into the promised land and spied out the land, they came back and said to the Israel nation, hey, listen here, those people are giants and we are like grasshoppers in their sight. We cannot go there and defeat them. And many of the Israelites that had that slavery mindset, that fearful mindset, believed the report of the 10 spies. Whereas 
Caleb and Joshua, when they entered in there, they saw the good of the land. They saw the good of the land. They were not intimidated by the people that were uh, prospering in the good of the land. They came back and said, give us this mountain. We can go and fight them. There is big fruit there, luscious fruit there. And they were positive because they knew who their God was. Therefore, they didn't operate in fear. They operated in the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God says that if I tell you that that is going to be your land, you're going to believe that is going to be your land because I'm going to fight the battle for you. That is what the wisdom of God does. When you respect God, you operate in his wisdom. That means anything God says goes. If God says that is your land, you know that land is yours. You're going to have a Joshua and Caleb spirit, which is a spirit of boldness and courage, knowing that if God says it's that land and that is going to be yours, then you must know that you have conquered that land already in your mind. And if you've conquered it in your mind, then you know in the physical you have already conquered. Whereas a person who operates in fear gets tormented by the people that are there, that they are blinded to see the promises of that land for them, and they end up living in fear and they can't move forward. They've already been tormented in their mind that they are defeated, that they are grasshoppers, and as a result, they cannot enter into that land. And so when the 10 spies came with fear that they are grasshoppers and they're not going to defeat those people in that land, they polluted the minds of many of the Israelites who thought like them in fear. And all those people that had fear, what did God say to them? You are going to perish in the wilderness. You are not going to enter the promised land because you chose not to believe my report. You chose to operate by fear and that fear tormented them. A lot of them died in the wilderness at that time. All the people that were over 20 years old perished in the wilderness. All those that were 20 and under entered the promised land with Joshua and Caleb because they choose to believe the report of God. They choose to operate in faith, not in fear. They choose to believe the report of Caleb and Joshua. That is faith. I have faith in what Joshua and Caleb is saying, and I'm going to cheer them on and support them. The people who had faith in the fear of the 10 spies ended up perishing in the promised land. And that's what happens when we walk in fear. We get tormented by the lies of the enemy and we end up perishing in the place that we were just supposed to walk through. They were supposed to walk through the wilderness and enter the promised land. They ended up dying in the walkthrough place because they were tormented by the things their mind told them was lies. They were tormented by deception. Throughout the entire wilderness period, God had protected them from the desert environment. In the desert, there were scorpions, there were snakes. It was hot weather in the day and it was very cold at night. But the Bible says that the fire at night lit them up and kept them warm. The cloud in the day kept them cool and protected them. But the snakes and the scorpions couldn't touch them. That even when they were thirsty, God split up rocks and gave them heavenly water. When they were hungry, God opened up his heavens and gave them manna. In that 40 years, the 
Israelites had lived under an open heaven. And the time when God says to them, now I'm going to take you into your promised land and you need to know that I'm going to fight the battle for you and you're going to conquer. They still had that fear mentality because they didn't let the fear of slavery leave them. So they lived in fear, yet they were in the presence of the Lord for those 40 years. And fear can torment you. You can be a Christian today and still live in fear and be tormented by the fear of rejection, by the fear of failure, by the fear of poverty, by the fear of sickness, because you choose not to believe the report of God. So dear youth, you can have fears even though you're a Christian. Don't assume that because I'm born again, I cannot live in fear. If you are tormented, you are in fear. Because the Bible says in 1 John 4, 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. So my dear youth today, if you are experiencing torment, it's because you are accepting fear and not resisting fear. Fear is a spirit. It is a demon spirit sent on assignment to torment you. And if you accept it, you will be tormented. You will be like those 10 spies that were afraid to enter the promised land. Yet, throughout their 40 years, God that was going to fight the battle for them in the promised land were with them all the time. They had so much of fear in them that they could not acknowledge God was with them those 40 years. Fear separates you from the love of God, that you can be a born-again Christian but still live in fear because you're not willing to believe what God says. And how you can live in fear is by having the Word of God at your disposal but not believing it but not accepting it as truth. Just like these these Israelites, where they had the presence of the Lord, they seen the miracles of God, but their hearts were too stubborn. Their hearts were hardened by the victimization and the slavery that they were exposed to in Egypt, that even though they seen God bring them into the wilderness, split the Red Sea so that they could walk across, so much so that when the Egyptians tried to walk on that same path, they were drowned. If that alone is not proof to tell them that God is for them and not against them, because if God was against them, when they crossed that Red Sea, the Egyptians would have followed them and not drowned. The very fact that the Egyptians had drowned and the walls of the, the ocean had collapsed and drowned the Egyptians, is evidence to tell the Israelites that there is no fear in God. God is love. And when you experience God, you experience his love. There is no fear. You do not experience fear. Because if I am telling you cross the Red Sea, and you see some of the Egyptians following on track, Don't worry, when you get to the end, they will be drowned. They will not come into that land that you need to get into. That is the level of God assuring them that his love protects them. God's love protects you. 
It protects you from danger. It protects you from sickness. It protects you from premature death. It protects you from poverty. Remember what Jesus did when he went on that cross. He took on all the sins of the world. He took on everything that the enemy could possibly impose on you. He took it on the cross. The Bible says he took on the weight of the world on that cross. Every sin that the enemy would throw, every torment, every fear, every lie, every sickness, every disease, every poverty that the enemy would throw on human beings, Jesus took it on that cross so that when we are now reborn into the Christian faith, we are now living from that position of victory. We don't pray for victory. We already received victory the minute Jesus was resurrected on that third day. So nobody prays for victory. We praise from victory. Because when you say, I receive you, Jesus Christ, as Lord of my life, you are receiving a victorious lifestyle because Jesus paid for every single thing that the enemy would throw your way. And the reason you experience what the enemy throws your way is because you believe those lies. Fear opens the door for torment and for sin and for failure. When we accept the spirit of fear, we accept everything that the demons come to oppress us through the spirit of fear. I mean, I think about, I love Kajal's book. She wrote this book called Inner Healing and Self-Deliverance. And she talks about the fear of rejection. Look what the fear of rejection imposes on you. It imposes on you paranoia, isolation, depression, suicide, mental illness, and schizophrenia. In her book, page 31, she highlights what the fear of rejection imposes on a person. So when you allow the enemy to tell you that you are rejected, you're accepting the fear of rejection. You're believing the enemy's report instead of believing 1 John 4.18. 1 John 4.18 says, there is no fear in love, but love casts out fear because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. When you understand God's love, you never have to have fear of rejection because you know that God says that you are his children. The Bible says in Romans 8 that the Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God and joined heirs in Christ Jesus. That means if I'm a joint heir and you're a joint heir in Christ Jesus, that means that Father God calls Jesus his accepted and his beloved in whom he is well pleased. That means God is saying that about you and me too because we are joint heirs in Christ Jesus. That means you and I are the accepted of God the beloved of God in whom God is well pleased, which means rejection cannot be our portion. We should not have the fear of rejection because the Bible says God first loved us. People who have the fear of rejection thinks they'll never be loved. And the Bible says God first loved us. That means people who embrace the love of God will never experience rejection because God first loved us. If he first loved us, that means we didn't have to love him in order for him to love us. 
People who have the fear of rejection reject themselves before others even reject them. They might not even be rejected, but they have the fear that they're going to be rejected. Therefore, they reject themselves before others reject them. And God, in his infinite love and grace, tells us, I first loved you, Angelina. I first loved you, youth. Therefore, you do not have to and must not believe that you will ever experience rejection. Because I first loved you, that means my love perfects you. That even if the world rejects you, you never have to worry that you'll be rejected because I love you and my love perfects you. My love makes sure you don't walk in fear, but you walk in faith. Think about it. When Jesus was on the earth, the Bible says that his very own rejected him. In the very time that he went to Nazareth, he couldn't perform miracles there because they rejected the power of God at work in him. They saw him as a mere human being born of of Mary and Joseph, they didn't see the Son of God. They saw the Son of Man born of Mary and Joseph. They didn't see the Son of God because Jesus came on the earth as a Son of God and a Son of Man. He was born in a humanitarian state in order to save us. If Jesus came on the earth as as God with his God powers, then he couldn't save us from death because you needed a human to save, to be able to die. Jesus in his God state cannot die. He is eternity. He exists and will always exist. So he needed to take on a human form in order to die so that he could pay the penalty of death on behalf of humanity. That is why he came in a humanitarian form in a human flesh body through Mary to die. But his spirit was alive. His spirit was the spirit of God. That is why he was the son of God, right? But he left his deity, his God powers in heaven and took on the form of human nature yet was without sin. And when he went on that cross, he went on that cross to take on every human sin and fear and rejection. The Bible says that he was rejected by his very own people. He was rejected by his family. He was rejected by the Pharisees and the scribes. Jesus understood what rejection was, but he never experienced fear, youth, Gospel for Grampian Youth, he never experienced fear because the day he got baptized, the heavens opened and a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And that message stayed and was written in the heart of Jesus that I am a son of God. And because I'm a son of God, God loves me. And that settled it that he will never be rejected because eternity loves him. He understood that if he's a son of God, eternity loves him. An eternal God loves him. That means he's loved yesterday, he's loved today, he's loved tomorrow. He will never not be loved. For eternity, he is secured that he is the beloved of God. And that love secured him. Therefore, when humanity rejected him, 
he did not experience the fear of rejection because he understood that the eternal God loved him. And because the eternal God first loved him, he will never experience rejection. He will never experience the fear of rejection, meaning even though people might reject reject him, he will not be afraid of that rejection. He experienced rejection, but he was not afraid of that rejection because he knew that an eternal God loves him forever. And that eternal love had removed all fear of him ever, ever being rejected. And so Gospel for Grampian Youth today, if you are experiencing the fear of rejection, I want you to reject that fear today because it is a spirit that will torment you for the rest of your life. And if you don't reject that spirit of rejection, that spirit of fear of rejection, then you are going to never experience true love, the love of God. You are going to battle experiencing human relationships that are genuine. Remember what David said, I meant good, but they took it for evil. I loved them, but they responded with hatred. When you are experiencing the fear of rejection, you will reject good people. You will reject good when it comes to you. You will see it as intentional or an ulterior motive or somebody trying to get back at you. You will not see the sincerity of that goodness that people do for you because you'll always think that they have an ulterior motive. That's what the fear of rejection does. It makes you think that when people are doing good to you, there's actually a negative motive towards it. You will end up living a life of isolation, resentment, hatred, delusional. You will rebel. You will rebel against the people that want to do good for you. You will rebel against people that love you. You you will rebel against teachers that actually want to make sure that you pass and pass well. You You will rebel against authorities that are there to protect you. You will become self-destructive because anybody who experiences fear live in torment. And torment causes self-destruction. When you have the spirit of rejection, you think worthless of yourself. And you end up becoming manipulative. You become like the devil. You, be, you manipulate. You intimidate. You, ex- you behave like the devil. You do exactly what the devil does. He puts fear in you by intimidating, manipulating, and lying to you, you end up doing that to other people too. You end up manipulating them, deceiving them, and lying to them. And what you don't understand is that God sits on the throne and he judges. So whoever you lie about, God is going to expose your lies. Whoever you manipulate, God's going to expose your manipulation. God is sovereign. God's kingdom is superior. It is sovereign. And so when you allow fear to enter you, you get tormented by that fear and you end up doing stupid things. You end up becoming foolish. You cannot take counsel from good people. You do not want to accept godly counsel. You rather would allow your anxieties and your 
trepidation and your fears to direct and govern your, your way forward. If you're feeling anxious, to appease your anxiousness, you'll go and do a quick fix, meaning you will go and lie upon a lie upon a lie just to deal with a matter rather than just come straight forward and speak the truth. Because the Bible says the truth sets you free. But a person who is tormented by the devil goes from one lie to another to another and everybody around them know they're lying, but they'll still carry on lying, not thinking, hey, God sits on the throne. God has seen everything. And the final judgment comes from God. And when God judges and you choose to be a perpetual liar because you are tormented by the devil and the devil is telling you you have to cover up by lying, lying, lying. And when you're tormented by the devil and you continually lie, your lies get exposed from one bad lie to something worse. And eventually the very thing you feared comes upon you. You are afraid you're going to be ashamed. You are going to afraid that you are going to be exposed. And what happens? People who are tormented by the devil end up getting exposed. Look what happened to the life of Peter and Judas. I'm going to talk about those two because both of them had did something that was wrong. But the one chose to repent, whereas the other chose to live in that perpetual deception. And the one that chose to live in that deception got tormented and committed suicide, whereas the one who repented, God pardoned him, God forgave him, and God promoted him to become the leader of the early church. Let's look at those two examples, right? So the enemy comes to you and and puts fear in you and says to you, hey, listen, like what he did with Peter. Peter was at the night when Jesus was getting betrayed. Jesus warned Peter, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter said, no, I'll never deny you. I love you too much. And lo and behold, three different people saw Peter and said, but weren't you with Jesus? Out of fear of what they might do to Peter, Peter out of fear denied Jesus. So see, Peter out of fear of what the authorities will do to him because he was with Jesus, he denied that he knew Jesus. So out of fear, Peter denied Jesus. He lied. Whereas Judas greedy for money, went and betrayed Jesus. And this is the outcome. While Peter denied Jesus, he repented. And when he repented, God forgave him. And that forgiveness brought Peter to a point of promotion. Remember the time when Peter went fishing after um, Jesus had um, went through his experience? Peter was busy fishing, and while he was fishing, he heard a voice say to him, cast your net on the other side. And at that time, he said, now Peter being a fisherman, he knew the terrain of the water and when it was a good time to fish, etc. And the person that gave him instructions to cast his net on the other side He didn't think that the instruction to cast the net at that time was appropriate because they were supposed to do it at a specific time of night and that time had elapsed. And so, you know, who are you to come and tell me to cast my net at this time? They have done it the whole night and nothing happened. But this is what Peter said. I have 
quelled the whole night putting my net there. I caught nothing. But nonetheless, if you say so, I'm going to do that. Peter's repentant heart submitted to wisdom. And he submitted to the counsel of the instructions somebody gave them. A person who fears God, that means he respects God, submits to the counsel of others, even if they know it all. A person who fears God submits to wisdom and are teachable, even though they're an expert in the field. Peter was an expert in fishing, and he fished the whole night in that place. But when somebody gave him an instruction to go cast his net there again, he submitted because he was teachable. And as a result, he'd caught so much of fish because he submitted to the voice. And only after he submitted to the voice and he saw the miracle of so much of fish, he knew that miracle can only come from Jesus. And immediately he repented and he said, forgive me, Jesus. Forgive me. I'm a wretched person. Please forgive me that I didn't want to hear you, but even though I did hear you. He was repenting for when Jesus told him, cast there, he questioned him, but he said, nonetheless, I'll do it. But he questioned him, you know, I did 12 there anyway. And he said, please forgive me. And that repentance was what made Jesus stand in the gap for him and pray for him. That even though the enemy tried to sift him apart, Jesus said, I prayed for you. Satan tried to sift you like wheat, but I pray that your faith will not fail you. I pray that you will be built up so that you can lead the early church because Jesus saw the repentant heart of Peter. Peter, out of fear, denied Jesus. But when he repented, God saw that repented heart and lifted him up and promoted him into a place of promotion and leadership. Let's look at the life of Judas. Judas, out of greed, did not fear Jesus. He did not respect Jesus. And out of greed, he had more respect for, for money than Jesus. He had the love of money and not the love of Christ. And therefore, he betrayed Jesus. And look what happened. That betrayal tormented him to a point where he went and committed suicide. So when we choose to be tormented by fear, when we choose to embrace fear and not repent and not reject it, then that fear will torment us, that we'll go from greed to getting the money, but that money had no value because the person ended up going and committing suicide. That is what happens when we allow ourselves to be tormented by the devil. The fear of the devil causes us to go from one level of sin to another level of torment to a point till we perish. Whereas the fear of God, which is reverential respect for God, will make us humble ourselves, repent from our wicked ways, turn from it, pray and seek God. That is why the Bible says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and turn from the wicked ways, and pray and seek me, I will heal their land. And that is what happens when we choose to walk in the love of God. We understand that though we do make mistakes, when we are quick to repent, God's grace forgives us and helps us to rise above the situation. But when we choose to operate in the fear of the devil, 
then the torment causes us to go from one level of torment to another till the enemy wipes us out. I love what David said in Psalm 34, 4. He says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. It reminds me of, of, of Peter. God delivered him from all his fears. Whereas with Judas, the love of money caused him to betray Jesus. And instead of turning and saying, forgive me, Lord, he got tormented to a point of suicide. Hey, how many of us are living in fears? I love what Isaiah 41.10 says. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I just love the scripture because anything that the devil pre presents to you it comes with torment and unrighteousness. Everything that God presents to you comes with wisdom and it comes with righteousness. Look what he says here. Fear not, youth. I am with you. Do not be dismayed when the enemy comes and throws these ugly reports to you. When the enemy comes and lies in your mind, do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. When we run to God, he strengthens us. The enemy comes with manipulation, intimidation, and he tries to throw fear. And God says, don't accept the fear. Do not accept the fear. Because when you accept the fear, youth, you become dismayed. You then become weak. And then you end up becoming tormented. And the enemy's got you where you want you. But when you reject fear when it comes your way, and you acknowledge that God is with you, you are strengthened by God, and God's help comes to your rescue, and he upholds you with his righteous right hand. Anything that the devil brings your way comes with deception, manipulation, lies, and it is leading you to failure, and you're going to be exposed. Anything that God leads you to, brings you victory and you have a good report and you will not be ashamed or disgraced. But anything that you follow that comes from fear, anything birthed in fear brings shame, disgrace, deception, and torment. Anything birthed in the love of God brings good report. The Bible says in, in Proverbs 10, a child who walks in wisdom brings joy to the father. But a foolish child brings grief to the mother. When we walk in the wisdom of God, the teachers in our school have great joy us being in their class because we listen to the teacher and we are teachable and our foundation is the wisdom of God. Therefore, we do not act in rebellion. Our parents are joyful because they have good children, children who give a good report, children who bring a good report, children who will not lead them to shame or disgrace because the children respect the teachers, respect the parents because they have respect for God and his word. But children who operate in the foolishness of the patterns of the devil, 
grief their mother. A mother experiences the grief of her children when they are doing bad things or they are in pain. And so a child that follows foolish ways brings grief to their mother. And imagine now you're a child in school that are in rebellion. You bring grief to your teacher. You bring grief to your mother. And you are tormented by the devil and you go wayward. And whereas a person or a youth who decides to walk in the wisdom of God, they please people in authority by the way they live their life. And that even when the enemy comes their way, they stand for truth. And therefore, they can be bold and strong and courageous because they know that God's righteous right hand will uphold them and defend them. The enemy likes to bring fear and torment. The Bible says that the enemy goes around like a roaring lion, seeing whom he may devour. He comes to devour the born-again Christian by throwing lies and deception, by intimidating and manipulating, and by falsely accusing you. And you've got two ways, dear youth, to deal with it. You can choose to listen to the word of God and believe God's word, that you stand on the word of God, stand for truth, and don't allow those lies to manipulate you. And when you stand for the word of God, you know that God's perfect love is going to protect you and his righteous right hand will defend you. So do not be afraid when the enemy comes and throws deception and lies your way. Rather, stand on what the word of God says. Walk in the spirit so that you will not be tormented by the lies of the enemy. I was blessed with this lovely book called Unashamed. And I want to read an account for you here today, youth. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3.17, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. When you walk in Christ Jesus, you experience freedom. And where there's freedom, there is no fear. Think about it. Caleb and Joshua experienced the freedom of God in the wilderness. Caleb and Joshua came from Egypt. The Bible says they were 80 when they were going to conquer the promised land. And they were 40 when they were on exile from Egypt. Not exile from Egypt. When they were on exodus from Egypt, they were 40 years old because the Israelites were 40 years in the wilderness. And so if they were 80 when they were going to enter the promised land, it meant that they left Egypt at the age of 40. Caleb and Joshua experienced slavery in Egypt. But because they experienced the freedom of Christ in that 40 years in the wilderness, when they were able to enter into the promised land to spy it out, they went there as spies. The Bible says that when the spies entered the promised land, the people of Jericho already knew that people were entering into that place because they'd already put their guards up and they even went to Reb and said, hey, listen, yeah, I heard there's people here. Reb was the one who hid the spies. So Jericho's army already knew when the spies entered. But Caleb and Joshua weren't afraid. Even though they knew they were entering there and those people knew that they were coming in, they weren't afraid. They came out of there strong and said, we can conquer the land. Because in the 40 years of wilderness, they chose to have a relationship with God, they chose to know their God. 
The Bible says those who know their God will do great exploits. There were two types of people in the in the wilderness. The people who still had that slave victimization mentality and the people who had the re- renewed mindset that God is for them, God will fight their battle, therefore they have victory. Joshua and Caleb were those two who even though lived in Egypt during slavery, in the wilderness, they conformed and renewed their mind to who God says they are, that God will fight the battle for them, that God is for them and not against them. And as a result, when it came to conquering the promised land, Joshua and and Caleb rose up. They, They rose up not in fear, they rose up in victory, knowing that God will fight the battle for them because they believed the God that was protecting them in the 40 years is with them. Therefore, greater is God that is with them than he that's in the world. Whereas the 10 spies who did not change in the 40 years, having experienced God with them, still conformed themselves to the slavery mentality and ended up dying in that wilderness, not seeing, not seeing the promised land, not experiencing the promised land that God gave them when they had left Egypt. There was a promise. It was a few kilometers away, but because they chose to live in fear, they were tormented by fear. They were tormented by the giants of fear in their mind that even when they went to go spy out the land, they still saw the giants that were in Egypt in the promised land instead of seeing that they are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. So they allowed fear and trepidation to overwhelm them that they ended up being paralyzed and died in the wilderness. That is what happens when we live in fear. We become paralyzed and we don't go beyond the wilderness into the promised land. We don't go beyond the circumstances into our promised land. We don't don't go beyond poverty into riches. We don't go beyond sickness into good health. Jesus died on that cross so that we can take on long life, good health, riches. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. What things? The things that Jesus paid for on that cross. But as long as we choose to have the victimized mindset like the Israelites who died in the wilderness, then we will never experience the promises that Jesus paid for on the cross because we are choosing to live a life of fear rather than a life of freedom in Christ Jesus. And so I want to encourage you today by what the Word of God says in 2 Corinthians 3.17. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That means. Picture a prisoner on release day. He has spent years in a dark, donkey cell, crowded in hopelessness. Nothing about his confined situation has prepared him for life outside the prison walls. But he dares to hope, dares to dream that he will leave his past behind and step into a new life beyond those foreboding walls, a life unlike anything he has experienced thus far. The gate swings wide. He steps through, his heart beating fast. Does he really deserve freedom after the life he's lived, the things he's done? Will others cast shame and blame, or will he really get the second chance he's been longing for? Think about Peter. 
Are people are going to cast shame on him because he denied Jesus three times? Will they respect him as a leader? He went beyond his shame and remembered that God promoted him because God saw his repentant heart. Beams of sunlight blinded this prisoner and he squints to see the street where a car is waiting to pick him up. With new resolve, he steps towards this new life, free from the past. No looking back. No memories of what sent him to prison in the first place. Hope abounds and he sheds one mentality to embrace another. He lets go of the victimization mindset. He lets go of the prison mindset and he chooses to embrace that I am free. The old is gone. I'm a new person. So many of us can relate to the story, youth. We've been bound by years of sin and shame and fear, living in isolation and in confined spaces. The notion that freedom is possible seems ludicrous at best. There's no way out for us, the devil says. So we let ourselves to believe that there's no way out. In many ways, we are like women we read about in the Gospel of John, the one caught in the act of adultery. She was living in prison that seemed impossible to escape, a lifestyle that kept her wound tighter than a spool of thread. But Jesus looked upon her with mercy and grace. He didn't holler, aren't you ashamed of yourself? No. Shame on you. He didn't say that. Did he say to Peter, shame on you for denying me? No. He saw the repentant heart of Peter, just like he saw the heart of this adulterous woman. He said, no, he did not leave her on shame on you. He didn't even say shame on you. He rather said, he bent down and he wrote a few words on the dirt and he pricked the heart of her accusers these words. Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. John 8, 7. Maybe youth, you have been a few stone throwers in your life. Maybe they've contributed to the dark cloud of shame hovering over you. Maybe the devil is saying you're a liar. Therefore, no one's going to believe your truth. Maybe the devil is saying you were rejected in the past. Therefore, you'll be rejected in the future. Maybe the devil is saying you are unattractive and no one will accept you. No one will love you. You're not beautiful enough. You're not going to be accepted. Maybe those lies are in your brain. But you've got to remember today that God has grace and mercy. And when God created you, he made you beautiful. Nothing God creates is ugly. Do not believe the devil's report that you are ugly and unattractive and you are not worthy of being accepted. Every human being has, is born with the spirit of God in them. When you were conceived in your mother's womb, the spirit of God came upon you. And when God comes upon you, you are beautiful. Anything born of God is beautiful. The fact that you were created a human being in your mother's womb, the spirit of God is in you. You are beautiful. Nothing God creates is ugly. When you choose to believe the lie of the enemy and you believe that lie that you are ugly and unattractive and not worthy, then you are opening the spirit of the fear of rejection to enter you. 
And when you allow the fear of rejection to enter you, you will reject everything that God wants to give you and you will accept every lie of the enemy. You will accept commenting spirits coming and devouring you because anything you reject of God attracts the enemy. If you don't accept the word of God, you are attracting the enemy to come and feed you lies and deception. And that leads to torment. It leads to torment. You need to allow God to bring complete healing in your life. And how he brings healing is by you accepting his word about you. For you are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do the good work that he created you to do. For you are a child of God. The minute you accepted Christ as Lord of your life, you became a child of God. And that means his perfect love has cast out every fear, every lie, every deception that the enemy has put in your life. Therefore, you can rise above your circumstances and say, by the stripes of Jesus, I've been healed. Therefore, death has no sting on my life. By the blood of Jesus, I've been saved. Therefore, I'm a child of God and a child of God, a joint hair in Christ Jesus. And if I'm a joint hair in Christ Jesus, that means I have long life. That means I will not die prematurely. That means I have health. That means sickness cannot touch me. That means if I'm a joint here in Christ Jesus, that means the kingdom of God is the kingdom of me. Therefore, I do not suffer lack and poverty. I am a child of God and I live in a kingdom of God. That means I have divine protection. Therefore, I don't have to live in fear of not being safe. I don't have to be afraid of danger. When danger lurks, I'm not going to be intimidated by it because greater is God that is in me than he that's in the world. How we overcome fear is by obeying, obeying the voice of God. Jeremiah 38, 20 says, Please obey the voice of the Lord which I speak to you, so it shall be well with you and your soul shall live. How do you overcome fear? By obeying the voice of God, by obeying the word of God, because God's word is life and light and truth. God's word delivers you from every lie of the enemy. If you've got fear, it's because it's the lie of the enemy. And so when you believe the word of God, truth defeats lies. God's word is truth. When you put on truth, you defeat every lie that the enemy comes your way. Therefore, you will live. You will not be tormented. Jeremiah 38, 20. So it shall be well with you and your soul shall live. Where does the enemy come to torment you? In your mind, will, and emotions. And when he can torment you there, then he torments your body with sickness and disease and fear. People that go through depression, depression and anxiety is because they have fears. But when you believe and obey the word of God, then your soul is well. It means your mind is well. Your emotions are well. Your, your heart is well. And therefore, you don't have to end up getting depressed and anxious. The word of God says in Psalm 34, 7, the angel of the Lord encamps all around you, those who fear him and delivers them. When you fear the Lord, meaning when I respect the Lord and I obey his word, then I know the angels of the Lord surround me and protect me and deliver me. When you choose to believe the report of the devil, 
you tie the hands of the angels because the angels, the word of God says, the angels hearken unto the word of God to act on it. If you act on the words of the devil manipulating and lying you, the angels are restrained from helping you. The angels only act on the word of God. So when you act on the word of God and speak the word of God, then your angels work for you. But when you decide to believe the word of the devil and the lies of the devil, the angels are restrained from working for you because they only act on the word of God. Philippians 4, 6, 7 says, Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guide your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So our dear youth today, the enemy is coming to wipe out the next generation because he knows that the next generation is the foundation that will take this world into the next era. And so he got this pattern to wipe out the, the youth and wipe out the children because he knows that the older people are going into retirement and eventually leaving the earth to go to heaven. So he's out now to attack the youth and to cause the youth to go wayward so that they will not carry the baton and fulfill the plan of God for the next era. And so he comes and he throws in fear, doubt, worry, etc. And you can overcome the, the tactics of the enemy, which is caused through fear and hatred, because his kingdom is, uh, is instituted through fear and hatred. You can overcome the tactics of the weapons of the enemy by using the word of God, the sword of the spirit and the shield of faith. You can't use the shield of faith if you don't have word in you. The word of God is your shield of faith because when you speak the word of God, the angels act on your behalf. When you speak the word of God, you allow God to act on your behalf on the earth. So when you speak the word of God, it is your shield of faith. And then the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God working for you, will Destroy every fiery doubt of the enemy. The word of God says in Psalm 11, 118, 6, The Lord is on my side, I will not fear what man can do to me. The Lord is on my side, I will not fear what man can do to me. The devil uses people and circumstances to bring fear your way. So youth today, how you can overcome this is by applying the word of God, believing the word of God and speaking it over your circumstances. You overcome the devil by the word by the blood of Jesus and the word of your testimony let God's word be your testimony when you let God's word be your testimony then fear cannot touch you because the word of God says that the devil submits to the word of God it is sovereign authority so as we end today I trust that you will walk in faith believing the word of God and not in fear I love you have a wonderful wonderful week